The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSP20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20 group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Welcome to this week's edition of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Mike Mangus, editor of Modern Tire Dealer. Today's guest, Roy Littlefield IV, the Director of Government Affairs for the Tire Industry Association, discusses legislative issues that could have a major impact on independent tire dealers. If you're interested in how what happens on Capitol Hill and at the state level can affect your business, this is a can't-miss interview. So let's get to it. Roy, hey, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us about legislative matters that are important to independent tire dealers. Well, thank you so much, Mike, and thank you to Ron as well and to Modern Tire Dealer for having me today. Well, it's, it's great to have you. You know, a big part of your job is, is championing, you know, tire dealers and their concerns and issues that affect their businesses on Capitol Hill. And that's kind of where I want to start. There are quite a few legislative issues, I'm sure, that are of, of great importance to our listeners and hoping that perhaps you could discuss some of them uh, with us during this episode of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. So, so looking ahead as we move into the new year and beyond, what, what are some of these topics that TIA is, is fighting for on the Hill? Well, certainly a lot of topics coming down the pike, Mike, and we're gonna see a lot of legislation on both the state and federal level. We have seen a raft of legislation on the state level in the past few years and a lot of federal issues as well that we're going to be facing. Um, you know, just to, just to give you a quick rundown here, you know, probably the first issue that's going to be very important to tire dealers is the estate tax. As you know, TIA has 14,000 members, and the majority of our members are small family-owned businesses. Now, in most cases, these businesses have grown, and in some cases, dealers now have multiple locations. Mm -hmm. Dealers owning their land, it makes this land very valuable. And to simply put it, TIA does not believe that death should be a taxable event. This is a very tough time for families. And when an owner passes away, they should have the time to take that business, move it on to their kids without having to pay a tax on it. They've worked hard for it. So TIA has pushed for full repeal of the estate tax in years past. And we were able in previous years to double the exemption levels. Previously, we were facing a $5.6 million hit per individual and $11.2 million per couple. We were able to double that exemption to $11.2 million per individual and $22.4 million per couple. But the problem here is in 2026, we're gonna revert back to those previous levels if something is not done. This is an issue that's constantly being looked at as a pay for, whether it's the highway bill or even in the Build Back Better Act, which is being considered now in Congress, they're always looking to attack the estate tax. Luckily, there were a lot of changes that were going to be made in the estate tax under the House version of the bill 
And TIA fought very strong against those changes. And we were able to come out of the House version of the bill with no changes being made to the estate tax. Now, the question is what's gonna happen in the Senate? It's still unclear how big the Build Back Better Act is going to be in, certain, in, in terms of size, scope, spending, but it's a huge package and it includes so much such as COVID-19 relief, social services, welfare, infrastructure, and different funds allocated for climate change. So this is really a huge package and we're, it's still unclear if the estate tax is gonna get touched in the Senate version. It could easily be pulled back in as a paid for as we've seen in years past. But this is an issue that TIA holds very close to its heart because of our members. And it's an issue that you know, really does affect small family owned businesses more than you'd think because the government can come in, they can say what a business is worth and you know, a family may not have that money in cash to be able to pay it off. They, they may just have that value in the property. So you end up having to lay off staff and, and sell locations and, and things like that. So that's certainly a big issue for us. Something else we're seeing across the board right now, Mike, no matter where I go, no matter where I travel, I've been to a lot of different places across the country over the last two months. I've been to Connecticut, South Carolina, Texas, and Las Vegas. And no matter where I go, it seems like we're facing supply shortages, price increases, and extreme driver shortages. Now, TIA has been very active on these issues. We were involved in several coalitions. We've written letters to members of Congress. And I think that we have seen some action, but not enough. Um, after several issues TIA sent on supply chain issues, mm -hmm. we finally saw an executive order from President Biden come out addressing this issue. Um, whether it's containers, shipping fees, everything is really at an all-time high. Now, I wouldn't say we're facing a shortage in our industry, but certainly some sizes are hard to get right now. And dealers certainly are talking about the price of everything. Yeah, it's definitely top of mind among our readers and has yes. been for quite some time. And when it comes to the driver shortages, this is certainly an issue we've been facing for years, but I think COVID has really amplified the issue. And by driver shortage, you mean truck driver shortage. Correct. Right? Correct. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's just so hard right now to find good drivers, reliable drivers, drivers that are willing to stay with the company for a long time. We're seeing a lot of turnover, a lot of shortages there. So TIA has done some things to try and address this issue. Um, a, a piece of legislation that we were very involved with was the Drive Safe Act. And what this act what, what this act would, would call to do is allow younger people who go through the qualifications to become a CDL holder. Um, if you've gone through the training mm -hmm. to become a commercial driver at the age of 18, you should be able to do it. If you can get your driver's license, you should be able to get your truck driver's license. Mm -hmm. The only way we're going to bring more drivers to the workforce is if we expand that field. And we think there's potentially a large pool of younger drivers who would be interested in coming into something like this. Kids that maybe aren't going to college, but could still have a great career and make a great income doing something after not a whole lot of training. 
um, the, the Drive Safe Act, um, what we were able to do in this last highway bill that just recently passed is we were able to get a, a pilot program put in the bill. Now, this pilot program will allow 18 to 20-year-olds, um, depending on the state, to now go into a program where they can enter this pilot program and then become a driver. So we're going to see how this goes. And hopefully, if it takes off, we can come back with some heavier federal legislation to really solidify it. But this was a great first step for us to address that. Great. Great. I know the truck driver shortage issue has been a huge problem for a long time, dating back several years at least. And, and I think just the, the shipping crisis or the supply chain crisis has just brought that into stark relief all over again. So it's great to hear that progress is being made on that front. That should help everybody. Wanted to talk a little bit, Roy, about some of the state level issues that you're working on. Earlier this year, we wrote an editorial, I, I believe it appeared maybe in the August or September issue of, of Modern Tire Dealer about uh, the, the fuel efficiency program that could happen in the state of California, where the, the state is looking at possibly uh, mandating fuel efficiency standards for replacement passenger and light truck tires sold in the state. And, and I, I hear that the TIA has been uh, very involved in that process, multiple meetings and calls with the California Energy Commission and uh, attempting to, to educate uh, the state government about what something like that would really entail and what impact it would have on tire dealers. Can you comment on progress being made on that front? Sure. Just to give a quick little background, the California Energy Commission is mandated to adopt and implement a statewide replacement tire efficiency program for replacement tires for passenger cars and light trucks to ensure that replacement tires sold in California are at least as energy efficient as tires sold as original equipment on the vehicles. So this is an issue really, Mike, that dates back to about 2001 when legislation was passed granting the commission the, the power to do this. And since then, it's gone through a couple different processes, but now it's finally in a stage where we could really see some action happen with it. And TIA has been very involved talking with the, with the California Energy Commission. Uh, several months ago, we submitted comments on, on this proposal. And really right now, the commission is in a data gathering stage. Really, they, they want to hear from different actors in the industry. They want to hear from the public. They want to hear from consumers in California, kind of what some potentials are for a program. Um, you know, I, I think that the commission originally were thinking that they were going to mandate something, but I think, you know, TIA has talked them back from that. You know, we could we could potentially see some kind of rebate program now. What TIA has really pushed for is education. This is an issue that we mm -hmm. really just need to educate people on. But we're really unclear right now as to what the proposal is. Um, we spoke to the, to the commission just last week, actually. They had some more questions for us in terms of testing. They're going to begin testing in the first half of, of 2022. And they're going to spend about four to six months testing different rolling resistance of, of tires because, you know, some, some tires, just because they're labeled a certain energy efficiency, you know, certain things can fall into different categories. So the commission really wants to take a hard look at that, a hard look at the market, see what's out there, what's being sold, what the limitations are, what the options are. Um, 
but you know, we, we could potentially see a, a, a rulemaking proposal. I would say if, if the commission was going to issue a proposal, it would come probably at the earliest near the end of 2022. And then there would be another comment period at that point. So we're, we're probably a couple years away from any kind of implementation, but things are moving now. The commission is, is looking at this now. The commission has talked to NHTSA about potentially doing something on the, on the national level. I know other groups have, have advocated for doing something nationally so that there's not a huge difference in the state of California. But we could also end up with, you know, you know like I said, a much smaller uh, program here in terms of maybe just rebates, education, things like that. You know, that particular initiative by the state of California reminds me of the SmartWay program that also was implemented there many years ago. Uh, started in one state, but essentially became a nationwide standard. Uh, and, and truck tire makers, you know, eventually uh, had to kind of fall in line and make sure that their products did meet, for, for the most part, uh, SmartWay's then stringent uh, specifications. So I, I could see this mandate... Uh, progressing along the same trajectory if, if indeed it happens but it's, it's great to know that that uh, the association is continuing to educate uh, the the state about this particular issue another issue Roy that really hits home with our readers I think and our listeners is tire registration or I should say tire misregistration and the onerous fines that can be levied upon independent dealers who uh, misregister tires at the point of of purchase, even even you know, accidentally misregistering them. I think the fine for for an initial violation is something like twenty three thousand dollars, if if I'm not wrong. And and I think uh, repeated fines can go into the millions if if uh, I'm not mistaken. Roy, is that true? Is yeah, are, correct. It's it's actually over twenty four thousand dollars per violation now. Twenty four. Up to up to about 113 million dollars per location. Now, luckily, we haven't seen fines like this be issued in quite some time. But the fact that they're still on the books and could be issued is very worrisome for us. Um, you know, you know, when when we talk about going from a voluntary system now to a mandatory system, it really could change the whole way that a dealer is held responsible for this. So it's an issue that is on our radar. You know, the, the, the bill originally passed in 2015 and we still have seen no action from NHTSA. Um, you know, they came out with a study about two years ago and we really haven't seen anything since with the change of administration. I think what NHTSA is waiting for is for the industry to come together, the retail side, the manufacturing side, to come together to have a proposal to solve this. And I think before COVID, both sides were very close. We were meeting regularly mm -hmm. and we still are gonna meet. And this is still an issue that we're gonna try and try and face head on. Um, but you know, I still think we're probably a ways away from anything changing because it would have to once again through the, you know, go through the whole regulatory process. Right. And one thing I discovered in doing my research on the topic is that commercial truck tires have to be registered properly at the point of sale also, which, which I did not know. Uh, and uh, so, so it's commercial truck tire dealers definitely have a horse in this race as well. Right. And when you start talking about commercial trucks, it's it can be very difficult to, to track these tires sometimes. So it's, it's a whole different issue that we're dealing with there that we're going to have to address as well. Correct. 
Roy, the any- issue I wanted to bring up on the uh, state level, Mike, if sure. I could. Is, sure. Is, you know, this is an issue that we have faced for several years now. And it's an issue that could really have a ripple effect across the industry. And it could change potentially the whole way that we're recycling tires. And that's the issue of crumb rubber. Now, the issue, in my opinion, isn't an issue. It's a success story. You know, we, we had a real issue in this country decades ago of scrap tire piles around the country. And we've really done a great job as an industry to clean those up. In 1976, we passed the Resource Recovery and Conservation Act, which had a provision in there that reclassified tires from a hazardous waste to a material that could then be recycled. And since then, we've put crumb rubber on over 12,000 sports fields and on twice as many parks and playgrounds. And I can tell you that as a former athlete, these were always the fields that I enjoyed playing on, especially in soccer. I faced some really poor conditioned fields and it was always great to play on a nice crumb rubber field. Really this issue started a few years ago in California when a story came out about some potential cases of cancer in soccer goalies. Mm -hmm. And since then we've seen bills in California, Maryland, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New York, and in Virginia. And just to give you an example in Maryland, we have faced a bill literally every year for the past four years. Four years ago, Maryland tried to classify it as a hazardous waste, which would really have just banned it outright. They tried a bill the year after that we were able to defeat as well, which would ban the use of it in the state. The year after that, they tried to ban state and public schools from purchasing or installing crumb rubber. Now, what would that do for existing fields? Talk about a mess. Last year, they set up a bill which would have a chain of custody for the fields, chain of custody, which we are not against at all. We do a chain of custody for scrap tires right now. But our issue with the bill was it limited the ways on how the crumb rubber could be recycled. This year, it's looking like we're going to be back with a new bill on chain custody again, hopefully with fewer limitations, and hopefully we can get it to a point that we can support it. But this is really going to be an issue until the EPA makes its final ruling. In 2016, the EPA looked at this issue and they said there were no health hazards. Since then, there's been about 90 other independent studies proving there is no link between crumb rubber and cancer. But because so much light has been shed on this issue, the EPA agreed in 2019 to do another study. Now, this was a two-part study and the first part of the study was released in the later part of 2019. And this was the tire crumb rubber characterization list, which kind of just listed a big, long, scary list of the chemicals found in crumb rubber. And really that part of the study has led to more legislation because there's a lot of worry there. But really the second part of the study and the more important part of the study is the exposure characterization, really looking at what is the firsthand effect on athletes. Mm -hmm. Now the EPA wanted to study athletes in the spring of 2020. And obviously this was pushed back with COVID and they still have not concluded those studies. So until we get some kind of final approval from EPA, this is going to continue to be a state issue. And if the EPA comes back with anything negative, we're gonna have a real recycling mess and potentially some liability 
from the manufacturers down. Anyone who touched these tires potentially could be liable in, in lawsuits. So it's a huge issue for us. It's something we're always working on. We're always studying it more. And, um, you know, it's, it's an issue we're gonna keep seeing state legislation. And when you talk about state legislation compared to federal legislation, Maryland, for example, has a 90-day session. So things move very quickly. A bill is either defeated or passed in about three months. Whereas on the federal level, TIA has about 10 issues that we're working on, and these are very slow-moving issues. It takes, on average, for a bill to pass in Congress about eight years. So it almost seems repetitive wow. sometimes when we talk about these bills because they come up time and time again, but it really does take that long on the federal level for things to, to, to uh, move forward. You know, there's this perception that things move very slowly in Washington or at the state level, but I had no idea. That's a long time yep, yep. Uh, for progress to, to happen or, or to not happen for that matter, depending on the way things go. Um, but it, it's, it's great that we as an industry continue to think about, you know, end of, end of tire life uh, use as well. That's, that's so important. And I think it's something that we, we don't often think about here at Modern Tire Dealer as we're, we're gathering content for our print edition and our podcast and other digital properties. But it's, it's so important because, as you said, there is, there is a degree of potential liability uh, for our customer or our, our tire dealers who, who, who sell the product that ends up going into these different uh, permutations at the end of the life cycle. So thank you for bringing that up, Roy. Anything else that uh, we, we ought to be aware of or our listeners ought to be aware of as we wind down this episode? Sure, just one more issue I wanted to bring up on the federal level, and this is gonna be a, an, important dealer, an, an important dealer issue going forward, and that's the right to repair. This has been both a state and federal issue um, last year on November 3rd, we had a ballot referendum that passed in Massachusetts, passed actually overwhelmingly. And we work closely with the New England Tire and Service Association. Just want to give our, our state execs out there a little bit of a plug as well, because they're so great to work with when it comes to state legislation. And it really shows the power of local grassroots connections. And you know, that, that ballot initiative really opened things up for telematics, and it's, and it's going to allow um, owners of vehicles now to, to, get them, to get the mechanical data that they need to, to be able to allow their shops to repair it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be slow rolling now. Um, it's, it's been held up since it's passed by a lawsuit. It was a lawsuit brought forward by the automakers. And the judge has still not ruled on the case. He has delayed twice now in terms of his decision-making. So we really need a federal, federal kind of response. Um, earlier this year, President Biden issued an executive order on right to repair. And since then, TIA has had several conversations with the Federal Trade Commission about possible legislation. So I think that's gonna be the next step is getting some federal legislation rolled out. It's going to be a slow moving process, but we, we certainly, you know, want to address that issue head on for our members. Yeah, absolutely. And this right to repair issue is going, you know, going to be so critical as telematics evolve, as digital information and digital vehicle collection continues to evolve and making sure that our listeners and, and your members have the ability to access diagnostic and repair data is, is so critical. So, so they're not frozen out of the, of the process. Absolutely. 
Well, Roy, we covered a lot of ground today. You know, I want to thank you on behalf of Modern Tire Dealer for all the great work that you and the association do on on our behalf as part of the industry, and more importantly, on behalf of of independent tire dealers who are members of of your organization. It's it's tremendous uh, to to hear and and to you know observe what really happens behind the scenes as as you're fighting the good fight both at the federal level and the state level. So thank you also for taking time out of your schedule to to visit with us today. We'd love to check in later in the year if if you'd like to perhaps get a status report on progress on some of these issues. Uh, I, I think our readers and our listeners would really see some value in that and appreciate your time and your insight as always. Thanks, Mike. Would certainly love to talk with you again. There's going to be a lot of legislation coming down the pike. You know, just remember, we're stronger when we speak in one voice as one industry. There's a lot of issues out there. Get involved. Reach out to TIA. I'd love to get more members on our on our legislative list. And we'd love to bring back Lobby Day at some point. There's a lot of challenges with that right now. But at some point, we'd love to get members back on the Hill. And that's a tremendous event. Having attended one many years ago, I can vouch for it. Uh, if you really want to see how how lawmaking and legislation occurs up close, uh, this is I, I can't think of a more effective uh, investment of, of a couple of days of, of your time. So please keep us informed and, and we'll get the word out too if another lobby day does come together, Roy. Appreciate that. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Modern Tire Dealer. And we will talk soon. Thank you. Have a great week. The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSB20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20 group networking to real-world on-site problem solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. Don't forget to pick up a copy of the January issue of MTD, available soon. Have a great week.